Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Doris Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Before we kick things off, you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for things to, for links to things we, blah, 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 for links to everything we talk about here on the show, our Instagram's forever35podcast. There is the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. You can shop our handpicked favorite products at shopmy.us-forever35. You can also sign up for the newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. And do call or text us at 781-591-0390. And you can always email us at forever35podcasts at gmail.com. Dory, okay. greetings. Greetings, 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 greetings. Greetings and salutes. Um, I wanted to come to the table today mm-hmm. with something that's been on my mind since our conversation with Valerie Monroe. Okay. All right. So 
uh, here's the deal. So I, it was on the target. I was targeting, you know, I was over on target and I was kind of like, you know what? I don't need to be spending a shitload of money on makeup. I, Mm. excuse me, you know, I don't, well, first of all, nobody needs to spend a shitload of money on makeup, period, right? Mm. This is not to say that because I don't wear makeup often, I should wear, you know, buy the, only buy the, this is not quite, uh, what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that the cost of something determines the quality. Is That's not what I'm trying to say. But what mm. I kind of had a moment of where I was like, you know, I, I don't wear makeup every day. The cost of the, like the the money that I spend on makeup, it's a lot. And yeah, I suspect that I could really, I mean, now one choice would be not to wear makeup at all, but I'm not there yet. So I was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to revisit the world of drugstore, pharmacy, Target makeup brands because there's a lot of great stuff there at a much lower price point. And I'm going to feel really good about this choice. And I've been thinking about this too in terms of skincare stuff with talking to Val where she was basically like, Mm. it's the stuff you can get at the drugstore is great. And I was like, yes, God, I have this real classist perception of products, I think, right? Like, <clears throat> I think we can ver- get very easily swept up into marketing and also the concept that some- if something is more expensive, it means it's better, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to formally announce that I have been circling the aisles and I have c- picked up a couple things that I'm excited about. And I am going to be hopefully buying some more things as the need arises. I don't have a need for everything. Ooh. Okay. But I just wanted to throw that out there. And, you know, so I went with Elf and CoverGirl and I tried to get some NYX stuff, but it was not available. But I got some CoverGirl clean, fresh skin milk foundation, which is like a very light kind of dewy, think like your Elia, your Kosis, mm-hmm. kind of light, light, light mm-hmm. skin tint. And I really like this stuff. Ooh, like okay, it a okay. lot. Okay. So I was very excited about this. This is, I was trying to get, grab some new makeup for my vacation, which by the time you hear this, I will be back from, but I haven't gone yet. So, okay. So I got tried CoverGirl skin milk. Love it. Then I got CoverGirl Lash Blast Clean Volume Mascara. Love it. Okay. Here's why I like it. Goes on light. It's it's hydrating. Goes on light. It's got your whole list of free of parabens and, you know, all, all the stuff that we say that you don't want. But it, it, it's mm-hmm. CoverGirl is kind of making a push. They're cruelty-free. They're Leaping Bunny certified and cruelty-free. This specific mascara is part of their, quote, clean brand, which like, you know, we have feelings about the word clean and beauty products, but yes, 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 yes. But that is just the one I bought. Um, But it's very lengthening, stays on all day, very easy to take off. It's not the waterproof one. Then I decided I want a light shadow stick to kind of like line the inside of my eyes with. I bought Elf's No Budge Shadow Stick in the color Champagne Crystal. Very nice. And I'm also using it on the lid. And then I bought Elf's Wow Brel- Brow Gel. Okay. Wow Brow Gel. Wow Brow also, Gel. Also great. So all of this came to like around $30 for four makeup products. Four products that like, honestly, okay. I could just do and have it be my face and like walk out the door. 
But I'm like, I would love to know what drugstore makeup finds you are loving right now. Because I have to say, like, I've never really been drawn to CoverGirl, but I was like, oh, hello. Easy breezy, beautiful <laughs> cover girl. Is it me? Like, yes, I am now a cover girl stan. So I would love to know, like, what are people's must have specifically drugstore makeup line items? Talk to me. Oh, and then we were out last night with friends, you and I, and our friend was like, this is the lip stain everybody loves from NYX. And I was like, what? I don't know this lip stain. And it Somebody really t- stayed on also. She had a great red lip going the whole night yeah she really did and their their lipsticks are like six to seven dollars and elf's lip stains are like six bucks so i guess what i'm saying is like i'm i am on the one hand reevaluating like the way in which i have approached buying things Mm. and the value that i place on things and And then slash, I'm also looking for some great products to buy. (laughs) So tell me what I should be getting. Tell me what I should be getting. I mean, you heard, you heard the lady. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know. I mean, remember you bought a bunch of like Nick's brow products and they were great. I remember how good they looked on you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, and I don't want to sound like I'm being condescending in any way about the choices we make in makeup purchasing. I'm just trying to kind of reevaluate my own excess philosophies, mm-hmm. my own prejudices. Mm-hmm. Because I do think that is like a, like I remember. I don't know if you ever had this moment where you were like, oh, I'm going to get myself some, quote, good mascara. And that meant spending more money. Yes. Or, or about any product. Like, I'm going to get a, quote, good dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And I just think that I, I don't like that that has been my line of thinking. And sometimes it is true. Sometimes it's true. Something I'm thinking about. I also really, really wanted to dip a toe in a Wet n Wild, but they didn't have a t- I have a couple Wet n Wild products already, but I really wanted to get more, but they didn't have a ton. So mm. just know that Wet n Wild is on my radar. And unfortunately, you couldn't travel back in time to the 90s to raid your own Wet n Wild stash. So much Wet n Wild. I mean, I had a red lipstick that I bought recently from Wet n Wild that is like fantastic and it was like three dollars as opposed to like a 30 dollar lipstick you might get at yield sephora's so uh, again let's start talking about the drugstore items that we yeah. are purchasing let's do that and i want to hear your drugstore serums too i want to hear it all mm. okay dory all right yeah I, one thing another thing i tried to get but they were sold out cerave's face wash hydrating facial cleanser oh sold That's out. I love that stuff. It's a classic. All right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to calm down now, but I just, I, I just feel like I needed to make this pronouncement that I'm on this journey. So Kate, let's introduce our guest. We are joined by Amanda Dybert. She is a New York Times best-selling comic book writer, a podcast host, and a writer for Netflix's He-Man and Masters of the Universe. She's married to the amazing illustrator Kat Staggs. She's very active in the LGBTQ and comic book communities. And her latest book, a guided gratitude journal titled You Already Have the Answers, is out on December 6th. 
This Tuesday. Amanda, this Tuesday. That's right. This coming yeah. Tuesday. It's such um, a beautiful, wonderful book, and it would actually make a great gift. So if you're looking for something along these lines, I highly recommend picking this one up. It's a beautiful gratitude journal. Um, I have yeah. pre-ordered my copy. I am eagerly awaiting it. We are going to be doing a giveaway too. So oh, please yeah. go pop on over to our Instagram because we have some of these journals to actually give away. Mm -hmm. Thank you to Amanda and her publisher. Um, and we just had such a lovely chat with Amanda. She's, she's really open and honest. We talk about her career, her experience with grief as an orphan. Talk about her self care practice, of course. And she and her wife have collaborated on comics and they're just amazing. Like, they have real, like, um, power couple energy mm -hmm. in the like comic power couple. Totally. There is a superhero energy. Totally. All right. So here's Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to Forever 35. We're very glad to have you here. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. I feel like for the sake of the pod, we should just say that we know each other IRL and we are all in a parenting group together. So we've shared intimate parenting moments together online. Extremely. Extremely oh, intimate yeah. Moments. Extremely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I know more about, I probably know more about Amanda's personal motherhood journey than I do about like many close friends, <laughs> like IRL friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the magic of online spaces. I think when they, when they're great, they really become a refuge of like vulnerability and sharing. And then when they're not great, they become like, you know, whatever's happening on Twitter right now. <laughs> well, Amanda, we like to start by asking our guests about a self-care practice that they have. So what is yours? I mean, I have been um, kind of trying to focus on being a lot better with self-care recently. Mm. And one of the newer things, I mean, a lot of the things that I've been good about doing, um, especially like when we were in lockdown and really in like the intensity of the pandemic were things like walking and running and like just getting outside and move my body and getting quiet time and alone time. Like that's been really important for me. But the uh, thing that I've started to do recently that I feel like maybe both of you will relate to a little bit is because I'm a writer, I spend a lot of my time writing or a lot of time reading things that are for research or uh, like work related. And I haven't gotten to do as much pleasure reading, like just for fun that has nothing to do with mm. any project that I'm working on. So a thing that I started doing the last couple months is going to the library with my daughter, even though my house is full of books that I still am working on and reading and need to read. And picking out like a for fun, for pleasure, just like cozy read that is just for me time. So I've been reading through um, Agatha Christie right now, like just oh, the best fun mysteries for fun. Like, and so that's, that's been the thing that I've been doing is just making sure that I, I have some time where I can curl up with my coffee or on my hammock or whatever, and just like read for pleasure. So that's, that's my new self-care thing that I'm obsessed with. Is, does it take your brain a beat to even just allow yourself that time? 
Like, are you able to be like, you know what? No, this is my sanctioned time for pleasure and I'm going to have it. Or is there always a, a, for you, like a voice that's like, "Mm -mm -mm, should be doing this. How do you, how do you, how do you navigate that if you do it all? I, I mean, there is a huge guilt component for me anytime that I'm doing something that's for me or for pleasure. Mm. Um, and especially because again, because my work is all freelance, there's always things that I could be doing. It's, there is never a, a clock off, log off time mm. for me. There's always emails I could respond to or things I should be writing or, you know, things I should be promoting or whatever, 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 like laundry. Um, so <laughs> it, it is hard. I do have to really take a beat and, and convince myself that this is good for me, that it's good for me as a mother, that it's good for me as a wife, that it's good for me as a writer to have these times where I am just recharging myself and like unplugging from my to-do list. And I, you know, the nice thing with books is they have chapters. So I can tell myself, no, I'm just going to read this one chapter and then I will put it away and do the 5,000 things that I feel like I should be doing. But really, you know, we're talking about probably 20 minutes of my time. You know, it's, it's really not actually that much time I'm giving myself, but it makes a huge difference in how I feel about like my enjoyment of life. Mm. I love that. And, you know, as a avid, as an avid reader of mysteries, I heartily approve of your choice of Agatha Christie as your kind of comfort escape read. I, I haven't reread Agatha Christie in so long. I haven't, or like Sherlock Holmes or like any of those kind of classic mysteries that I read as a kid. And now you're like making me think maybe, maybe I should. I think you should jump on this. I, I highly recommend it. I mean, I've got lots of things, you know, I try to keep up with things that are current, but I wanted something that didn't feel like I was doing it for any reason other than totally. my own like love of it. And I'm also, I'm a big murder mystery lover and it, it, so for me, it was like, yes, let's do this cozy oh thing. So please join okay. me. I have right. an Agatha Christie question, actually. I have never read an Agatha Christie book. Is there <gasps> one that you recommend as like the entry point for newbies? I like the, I like the Miss Marple series for an entry because there's, so she does, um, different series with different kind of like detective y protagonists. But like the fun thing with Miss Marple is she's like the nosy elderly woman in the small town oh who has just like watched okay. life so much that she understands what's happening because she'll always be like, Oh, it's like that time the one guy down the street did this thing with his toad. <laughs> and that reminds me of that. And that's why he murdered that girl. Like, you know, it, and it's like just this like fun, <laughs> like nosy old woman who solves all the crimes. Um, and the first one of that is, uh, murder at the vicarage is the first Miss Marple. So like you can start there. And then it goes to like murder at the library. And so like you, there's a, so there's the whole Miss Marple series, which I would, I would recommend as a fun way in. Amazing. Okay. Great. And I then her other one. detective is Hercule Poirot, who is very different and French and kind of has his own sort of personality and his mysteries take him like farther afield, like murder on the Orient Express, for example. Which is a very famous one, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll get on this here. Amanda, I, I, I feel like we could talk a lot about murder mysteries <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> because mm -hmm. I'm also such a big fan, <laughs> but we will, we will move on to other topics. Um, namely your gratitude journal, which 
is amazing. And I'm so excited that people are going to get to read it and use it. And it's just, it's just really great. So can you tell us a little bit about it and what inspired it and what you kind of hope people get from it? Sure. So it is, um, it is something good that came from Twitter, actually, to, to mm, get. Yes. <laughs> which, well, you okay. are somebody who I think does Twitter so well and so right. Like you are, oh, thank you. anyway, we talk more about this, but, but you really nail Twitter. Well, I think, um, what I've come to realize is that a lot of social media is really what you make it and like the kind of mm. community you create for yourself, much like how, you know, we all know each other from a community of parents that we, you know, that we have and are very supportive. And in Twitter, I feel like that is something that I have worked to create is a, a community and using Twitter in a certain kind of way because it's the way that I enjoy using it because that's how and why I want to use it, um, which is, you know, connection, which is supposed to be the point of social media in the first place is for us to connect with one another and share information and also maybe support each other. That's the, the kumbaya version that we don't get much of. And that's actually how this journal started was, um, in November of 2016, actually, uh, the beginning of the last few years of, <laughs> Whatever these last few years have been. I don't know if you mm -hmm. have noticed that the last few years have been really hard. Um, yeah, yeah. for like Seems the world. That way. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't I'm know. Familiar. Maybe you haven't noticed. Yeah. Maybe we've, I've noticed. tasted that a little bit. I think, Dory, you have too. It's been, uh, oh, yeah. challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was like even before, even before pandemic life, um, back in 2016, when it felt like, especially here in the United States, we were all kind of on edge and everyone was very stressed out. And, um, upset for a lot of very valid and important reasons. And, um, I was thinking about, because it was November, I was thinking about like gratitude and, and the kind of gratitude posts that people often do in November where they're like start listing like every good thing that happened in their year or every good thing that they have in their life and how sometimes that can feel almost like a humble brag or just like a weird thing. And I was like, I don't want to do that, but wouldn't it be cool? If I could figure out a way to ask questions that sort of sneakily got people to think about the things in life that are actually things that they should be proud of or that they enjoy or that they love. And so it, it started with, you know, like a really basic, like what's something that you're grateful for. But then I started getting a little, um, a little thoughtful in the approach and realizing that like, you know, we, we all know that life is not all wonderful and roses and that it's not like just the power of positive thinking is going to like make the horrible things that you're going through disappear. It'd be so great if that was how life works. That's not how life works. But there is this thing that is true that is like, we've all gone through really hard shit and the ways that we've gotten through or the people that have supported us or helped us get through are amazing. And those are the silver linings. And those are the wonderful things. And so like, for me, it was about asking the kind of questions of like, you know, what's something that you're proud to have overcome? Or mm -hmm. tell me about a time that a stranger did something for you. And it changed everything, you know, changed your life or helped your day or like did lovely things. And I thought a couple people would answer the questions and that would be the end of it. And instead, people um, got really open, really vulnerable started sharing these intimate, very personal stories of loss, of triumph, of like things that they've struggled with. 
And then other people were coming into the thread and being like, oh, that reminds me of this thi- thing that happened to me when I went through that. Or like, oh, you're going through this right now. Well, I went through that. And like, this is what helped me. Or like, let me DM you the support group for, you know, bereaved people or whatever it might be. And what was really interesting is there were no trolls in these threads. And still, this was in 2016. I'm still doing these questions. They still don't get trolled. It's the weirdest thing. I'm knock on wood. Like, don't want to jinx myself. But for some reason, I think because people are so earnest and genuine mm. and open that it just doesn't create a good space for it. So it just doesn't work for trolling because nobody's going to bother interacting with that. And they, so they started going like really viral and people started writing articles about it. And like, I stopped doing them for a little while. And then people were like, Oh, I missed your questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I need those questions. Like they, they're really like even reading other people's answers, like really inspire me and make me feel better about the world. And so I just kept doing it. And then like now it's been so many years later and I just never stopped and it just kept happening and people kept opening up and the community kept growing. And then people were like, oh, I wish you would do this in a book so we could read everybody's inspiring stories. Like, I think it'd be so good for people to have. And I didn't feel ethically okay with using other people's stories, even though they were sharing them openly online. Like, it didn't feel good to me to be like, let me take your big childhood trauma and this beautiful story that you have about it and put it in (laughs) a book that's like that I'm doing. So... What I came up with instead was this guided gratitude journal that you already have the answers. And I, I did, so it's 365 questions and I did each month. You don't have to start in a particular month, but it's broken up into 12 chapters that are all themed. Like it starts with what you're already doing right. Then it gets into like love, then like the helpers in your life, the trailblazers, like where you come from. So the ways that you're happy to be different from your family of origin and the ways that you're happy that you're like your family of origin, like all these different things. And then to give it that community, you're not alone spirit. Each Mm -hmm. chapter, I start with a small little write up with like my thoughts on that topic. And then I share a few of my own answers, which is something that I never did really on the Twitter threads because I didn't want it to be about me. But in the book, I want to do this thing like you're going to be vulnerable. You're going to answer these questions in this journal. So I'm going to do it with you so that you understand like that you're not alone and that we all kind of go through this stuff and we all have these stories to tell. And so that's the, it it came from Twitter. Now it's a physical journal that you can either do alone or, you know, share with other people in your life or do together. But that's the, that's the origin of how this thing came to be. (laughs) So cool. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. 
vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com 
slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Okay, we're back. What do you what do you hope as this as your book kind of enters the world that people take away from it? Or how how do you kind of hope it impacts uh, people on an individual level? I want people to kind of realize how amazing they are. Like, mm. I, I really want to lead into like the title of you already have the answers. You've been yeah. doing life already. Like, yes, there's areas and room for improvement. We all have that. And we should reflect on that. And that's really important. But like, holy shit, you've been doing so much right this whole time. Like you've been getting up and getting out there and like, look at what you've accomplished despite all the things that have popped up. Look at these hard things that you've gone through and then use that to help somebody else going through the hard thing. I mean, like, look at, look at what you've done with your life and the people that you've loved and the people that have loved you and the, the, the strangers who have done beautiful things for you. And then the things that you have done for strangers that might be just as meaningful and you don't even know. And, you know, when you're thinking about what it means to you, hopefully you're thinking about that you have also been that. So that's my, yeah, my hope is kind of that people realize that they're very interesting and should be very proud of themselves and that they Mm -hmm. have these cool stories to tell that maybe they've forgotten about and kind of like shelved away because these aren't the kinds of things that we talk about in small talk, right? Have you had a moment where you realized you had the answer? Like, have you had that moment where you're like, oh, 
shit, I do know what I'm doing. When you've, you know, there's been that self-doubt or whatever, that feeling of not being able to do something and then you realize you actually can. I mean, perpetually, because I think I'm like the, I think as, as with many creatives, uh, the imposter syndrome cycle can be very real. Mm, yes. And it's like, oh, do I know what I'm doing? And then suddenly like, oh my God, yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, even actually mm. creating this book, creating this guided journal was in many ways that for me, um, where mm. I was like, oh, I don't know if I know how to like, just I do, I generally write comic books and graphic novels and then for TV. And so this is the first thing that I've done that is different from that. And I think I had like this big, um, scary concept of what it would be to sell any kind of a book or to pitch any kind of a book. And like, it just seemed like something like very out of reach, like even going out there and putting myself out there and, you know, trying to get and then getting a literary rate agent and then like pitching it to publishers and, and kind of panicking about like, what am I doing? This is a crazy thing. And then when I was lucky enough that it went to auction. And so there were multiple publishers interested. And then I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm right. This is a thing that, that people want and that would be useful in the world. And that like, I am making something of value. And that was a big, that was a big moment for me of like, Oh, right. I can create something that I feel like is needed and wanted. And then that can be true. Um, so speaking of TV, you were part of the He-Man reboot. Oh <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Let's do. So the first thing that I have to say, because people are always like, what's it like working with Kevin Smith? And I have to say, I don't know, because there are two He-Mans that Netflix did. So uh -huh. there's the Kevin Smith He-Man. And then there's the one that's more geared for kids. So that was like the more nostalgic um, mm -hmm. He-Man created for, say, more people our age to watch. And then there's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, not Revelation. So Revelations with Kevin Smith. He-Man Masters of the Universe, that is the CG animated series for kids. Uh, and that's the one that I wrote on. So Kate had a confession in our uh, prep document. Kate, do you want to share this? Yeah, I had never I'm told excited. you this before. Had I, Dory? No, you had not. Yeah, He-Man, along with, I would say, Prince was one of, and actually Duran Duran, which we will talk to you about in a little bit, some of my first crushes. And so He-Man was one of the first. I was born in 1979, so that should give you a sense of how old I was mm -hmm. at the time. And I used to lick the TV oh when he came out. And I can remember <laughs> this like feeling of being so sexually attracted to He-Man, but I was also like under five years old at this point. And I'm, mm -hmm. I, I just, He-Man's a sexy, like he's a hot character. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just got sexual, uh, like dare I say, BDE. I, I have a gay male friend who said pretty much the same thing when I got, Thank when you. I first started writing on the show and he was like, oh my God, my first childhood crush. I think, yes, I think this is not rare. I think this okay. is actually, I think within our generation for people that are attracted to men mm -hmm. or masculine type people, that that's probably very common. It's not, you know, as a lesbian, eh, he doesn't do it for me. But that's fair. <laughs> but it makes sense. But does she run? But I do get it. Yeah, and Jim and the holograms and all. Oh yeah. my god! Mm -hmm. Right? Cartoon? <laughs> yeah. You know what? We don't actually ever talk about our cartoon. Or are we meaning us? I know this is actually very common as a cultural dialogue, but like cartoon crushes are a very real experience, both as kids and 
dare I say, as adults. I mean, and you mm-hmm. work as a person who works in the comic space, like mm-hmm. that is it is very real to not just be attracted to a fictional character, but a an illustrated fictional character. It's kind of a it's a little bit of a mind fuck. Oh yeah, and especially like um, you know, I, I write Wonder Woman a lot, and there the Wonder Woman fans oh are very, God. very, mm. very fans. <laughs> like, they're, yeah, they're very, very fans. <laughs> Which is a you know it's a fun thing, but yeah, for sure. What is it like getting to work on these kind of iconic characters, right? Like there's there's kind of a gravitas that comes with it in terms of like honoring the past, but also wanting to bring fresh perspective to these established characters. Like how do you walk that line creatively and honor your creative vision, but then also balance like the pressure of fandom? It is a really tricky thing. Uh, Wonder Woman was the first time that I ever delved into that. Now I have, I have gone into all the, all the scary fandoms. I've done Star Wars and Wonder Woman and He-Man and, um, basically anything where there could be the potential for people to scream at me that I have ruined their childhood. Um, so I'm very, I've gotten adept at walking this line. Um, but yeah, I remember the first time I was asked to write Wonder Woman thinking there's so much history here. There's so much that's been done. There's also so much you want to honor. You don't want to reinvent a character. She's beloved for a reason. And there are things about her that make her who she is that you don't want to, you know, as much as we're creatives and we want to tell stories our own way, there's so much that you do have to honor and respect about why people love this property that that you're working in and this universe and these characters that you're working on. And so it really is about trying to say, Okay, first I'm going to have my little panic attack about like all the pressure that comes with this because this isn't just something I'm making up. This is like an iconic beloved character and people are going to have big reactions to it. And you put that aside and then you go, okay, what is the best story that I can tell in the parameters of like who this is that is very true to this character? And there is something kind of fun about like I kind of like playing in somebody else's sandbox and having like Mm. there's almost a freedom of creativity in having parameters. Because it's like, okay, you're going to be in here, but then do whatever you want. But you just don't yeah. go out of here. Like, like Wonder Woman's always going to be about like truth. So mm. you, you got to play in that, in that world and what that means. And so that's the, that's the fun, but it is. I mean, every time I write for a new fandom that I've never written before, I always have that moment of like panic of like, okay, this is going to be the time. This is going to yeah, be the time yeah. that I'm going to write something and everyone's going to hate it. And I'm going to have to deal with just like a relentless onslaught of negative feedback and prepare myself for it. And like, honestly, so far, this is another knock on wood moment, but like, I haven't personally experienced that yet. I'm not saying that like every single human loves everything I write, but I just mean I haven't had like a big backlash moment ever with anything I've written. So like, I feel very fortunate. Um, and like my day will come. But so far, I'm very lucky. <laughs> you know, I actually think it's like, it, it is important as creators and people who use social media to just like have that sort of like humility. Like my day will come. I know someday this is going to happen because we are fools to think that we will somehow be immune. Yeah. Um, Amanda, what is your kind of like comics origin story? Like, were you super into comics as a kid? What were you into? How did you, how did this become your thing? I wasn't super into comics as a kid, but I did read them. Like I did, um, I read a lot of um, Archie Digest and Betty and Veronica 
they would sell them at the grocery store. And that would be like my mom's like treat for me if I was like behaving mm-hmm. at the grocery store was like, then I could read some Betty and Veronica talk about early cartoon childhood crushes, mm-hmm. um, both babes. So it was really into Betty and Veronica. And uh, so I read a lot of that uh, growing up. And it was very aware. And then as I got a little older, you know, X-Men was very popular and those kind of things. And so I did start getting more into it. But my, my real comics origin story, uh, was first and foremost dating my now wife. Um, so I'm married to Kat Staggs, who's an illustrator. And when we started dating, she was doing a lot of Lucasfilms illustrations at the time, Star Wars stuff. And so I started getting more into the comic world and going to conventions with her. And kind of seeing and learning more about the comic world. And I was already a, a television writer. I was starting starting my career in writing TV. I was already a writer. And then we started doing this comic strip together online that we did for two years. We did this web comic called Hot Mess, which was just me telling like true, real, embarrassing stories <laughs> from my life and then my wife illustrating them. Oh and gosh. so it was like just really like ridiculous things for like this female comedy website that existed at the time. And so we just, every week I would tell some embarrassing story. She would illustrate it. So like we, and we'd done that for two years. So I got kind of accustomed to the comic format and writing in panels and sparse dialogue and all that. And then I was also doing at the time I was still acting. I used to, to be an actor before I really started writing full time. And um, so I was also doing kind of YouTube comedy videos for this website. And I did one, I'm an orphan and um, my parents died when I was young and I did a Father's Day video that was kind of a funny poking fun at myself of like how hard those kind of holidays can be as an orphan, but where I slowly morphed into Batman because he's also an orphan and like that's kind of the, the joke with him. And so like I slowly turned into Batman through this video and it went around the DC offices apparently, oh, wow. like everybody thought it was funny. And then this editor reached out to me and she was like, I've been reading your hot mess. I saw, I'd also done like something oh in gosh. a small comic anthology. And she was like, and I saw your thing in the anthology. Your video was really funny. Do you want to write Wonder Woman? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you want to write a Wonder Woman story? And I was like, uh, sure. So that yeah. was my like jump in. It was a little bit like, wow. oh, most iconic female superhero of all time. Sure. I'll, I'll cut my teeth with that one. Yeah, uh, but just to jump in like feet first. I mean, whew. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been the story of many things that I've that yeah. I've done is like somehow I always just like end up in the deep end of whatever. And then, mm. you know, with with the, the you know, you've got the preparation and all the work and all the whatever. But then it's like once I start something, I for some reason, always the deep end. Um, it is yeah. kind of like the title of your book of like you already have the answer. There's that, always that feeling, I think, when you get thrown into something of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I also kind of believe you do already know, you know, you probably, yeah. you did have the experience, even if, you know, it wasn't evident uh, up, up top. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. 
Okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, we are back. I wanted to just circle back to you mentioning being an orphan. You've written about um, grief and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you and I share losing our moms in common. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know if we've ever spoken about people who have lost both parents. Um, and I imagine that's a very unique uh, experience. Um, and I, I'm just curious if you had thoughts for any of our listeners out there who may um, relate to that. I just think, you know, you're, you're right in that it's kind of a unique experience and it can feel, it can feel very lonely. I was just thinking about this. Um, actually really recently, I just turned 40 this weekend and, um, and my mother was 35 when she passed. So I'm already the much older woman in the scenario. You know, I have like the laugh lines and the smile lines that she never had mm-hmm. and like even some life experience that she, you know, it's like, I couldn't think like, what would mom say in this scenario? Cause I'm like, oh no, I'm probably older, wiser, and more experienced than whatever my mom yeah. would have said in this, mm. in this situation. Um, which is kind of a unique, I mean, not unique. Other people go through it, but it's an unusual situation. You know, most of us, even if we lose parents, it's a little later in life. You maybe don't have as much life that you're living 
without them um, or the perspective. So it can get, there's like this new layer of grief that came when I turned 36 that I thought I had experienced so much grief already because I, w- I was 14 when mm. my mother passed and I, and I never, I never met my father. Um, so I don't have the, the grief is different there. Um, I've spent so many years without my mother that I kind of felt like I was the vet of grief, right? Mm. I had been down that road. I've had all the milestones and then, you know, my own motherhood brought up new stuff. And I was like, oh, here's a fun new layer of grief of having this child that my mother never got to know. And also the perspective of being a mother that I never get to share that helps me understand my mom in a new way. And even thinking about like, oh God, when she was dying and she had three little girls, like understanding more now what that experience must have been like for her in a new way. Um, And then now the new one that happened when I hit 36 was of being the older woman. and. That I just, it didn't occur to me that that would be like a new grief that I would experience with every birthday going forward. But I realized that it, that it kind of is like now going forward every year, it's going to be another year that mom didn't get another perspective that I have that she doesn't, you know, beyond just like the many, many years that I just haven't had her. And so it's been, that was a new and kind of unexpected one for me. And I guess that's the thing is it's just like, that's the funny thing with grief that that I know that you understand as well is that there's all these layers. Like you think at the first, when you lose a parent young, you know, you think of the tragedy of like this child losing a parent and that is a tragedy. And then there's all these other layers that didn't mm. even occur to me to know, to think about. It's like, oh, I'm grieving for that 14 year old, but there's also this 40 year old who's mm. doing her own new grief thing that is yeah. new and terrible because it's all terrible. But but it is, you know, it's, I think it's important to realize that there are other people out there who have that experience because it can be, you know, we watch our friends go through the hard things with their parents aging and their parents getting sick and their, or getting frustrated with their parents because of generational divides. And it's not, you know, it's not something that I'm going through, which in itself is, is a pain and a loss. But it's also like what my friends are going through is, is very real as well and, and hard, you know, and I won't mm-hmm. have that experience of like watching my mother become like old and frail. Yeah. Um, which is good and bad. I don't know. It's all very, it's a real mixed bag grief. It is. It is. <laughs> and there's no, there's no right answer, but it is. I appreciate what you're saying because I, I don't think I'd ever, I've, I've thought about like what it'll feel like when I reach the age that my mom was, but I've never thought about the fact that, that I'm like the older, that like th- that they're stuck at that age and that you suddenly become older and more experienced. I don't know if I've thought about it from that perspective. So that's really interesting. I appreciate you sharing that. I hadn't either because all I had thought about was kind of the milestone of making it past 35. Right. Yeah. Like I'd thought about like that feeling so important, like to make it to 35 and make it past. And I, I think I got so focused on 35 that I didn't think about what it would feel like to be 40. Yeah. Well, happy belated, we should say you Thank did you. just turn Thank 40. You. <laughs> um, your, your, you mentioned that your wife is an incredibly talented illustrator and she made you an amazing piece of art for your birthday that I just wanted to point out. Dory and I both noted this in our document. Because uh, it's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I, can you describe it a little bit? Like, it's like the perfect. 40 year old gift for someone born in 1982. She made you a, an album 
of yourself, but in the style of Duran Duran's Rio album. Correct. I mean, so yeah, so so she, she drew me on the cover as an homage to Duran Duran's Rio. Cool. And then titled it 1982. And then she also got the, she made a custom playlist, like a mixtape style, but then it was burned onto the album. So it's a vinyl. Um, cause we both really oh, love so cool. records and we listen to records. And so it's like a bunch of my favorite songs. And yeah, so it's a, it's a mixtape. It's a Duran Duran homage. It's beautiful art. Um, uh, of me. So it, it's just, it, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's it looks beautiful so pretty. I love it. <laughs> it's so, my daughter is nine and she's really into Duran Duran right now. So like, Oh, that's adorable. Any, anytime I see like an adult, like a peer with a Duran Duran reference, I'm like, Oh, my nine year old would really like, like, but I don't know any other nine year olds who love Duran Duran. So it's fun to talk to my adult friends about it. I mean, that's really, that's really cute and cool. She's just having a moment. She's very cute. Um, I, I I want to just ask quickly about your own gratitude practice. Uh, how do you kind of uh, practice gratitude beyond just um, talking about it and creating this incredible written creation about it? But uh, in addition to like, what is your gratitude practice? What do you do when you like hit the snag where you're like, I don't, I really want to like find something to be grateful for, but like, I'm just, today's not the day. Well, I think it's okay to sometimes have the days where it's not the day. Like mm-hmm. it's okay for a bad day to happen. Like it's okay to say like, not every day is going to be a great day and today's a shit day and fine. It's a shit day. We can all know that like there are people in the world at any given moment going through so much worse than whatever we're going through on any given day. Mm. That is true for uh, there. I mean, there was probably one person who actually has the worst life in the world. And like that person can say that, but for the rest of us, there's always somebody who has it worse. And, um, so first and foremost, I think you have to give yourself the space to just have a shitty yeah. day and to feel sorry for yourself and to feel grumpy and to have a little temper tantrum and go like, ah, I hate this. Everything's going wrong and things suck and I'm mad. Um, and I think that also helps with the gratitude. Like I think if you give yourself the space to actually feel all of your feelings, that's where you've given yourself room because otherwise it's fake gratitude, right? It's that toxic mm. positivity bullshit. Because if I'm having Ooh. a shitty day, uh-huh. Where I've gotten like really bad news or somebody I care about has gotten mm. really bad news or like health or like, you know, like something really bad is happening or even not that bad. I don't know. I dropped dishes on the floor and now I have to clean up glass. And then I go, well, I'm really grateful for blah, 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 blah. Like, am I though? Mm-hmm. Or am yes. I just gaslighting myself that like, Ooh. I'm supposed to be okay and be grateful and that I'm not allowed to feel this bad feeling or be upset or be angry because I'm a woman and I'm never allowed to have a negative feeling. So like, Oh my God, I you think- are like speaking it. Thank you. <laughs> but I think, I think we can only give ourselves the space for the good things if we have the space for the bad things. Like, so I think both, mm-hmm. you know, be aware. Of course, we have so many things to be grateful for. You know, we, we, like our children and sometimes we can have rough days as parents. And then you want to also remind yourself that you're so lucky to be their parent because they're these wonderful, amazing children who are obsessed with Duran Duran. And that's so cute and amazing and wonderful. And like, that doesn't mean that it's not hard to be a mom. (laughs) Yes. But also I love this idea of gaslighting yourself. Like, yes, that is such a thing we do sometimes. Okay. That just, that really resonated. I've never thought about it that way. Well, it's the thing I wanted to be the most careful with 
with my journal because I think that Mm. a lot of people get into the gratitude space or the self-help space and it can be very damaging. This message that we always have to be doing these gratitude mantras or feeling good about things all the time or we're doing it wrong or we're fucking it up or we're not grateful enough or we're not manifesting enough. And like, that was the thing that I really, really, really didn't want to do ever for one second with this journal was like, Mm -hmm. that's why my focus is always that like, yes, life is hard. And yes, you have been Mm -hmm. through hard things. And also you've had lovely people in your life or you've done lovely things for yourself or just struggled through something. And you should be so proud of that. And it doesn't mean for a second that it didn't suck and you should have never had to. So it's, it's, it's something that I'm like very conscious of not wanting to do, I guess. I love that perspective on gratitude. And you've articulated a lot of, I think, the things that I just I, I always kind of like bug me, but I couldn't quite figure out why. Mm. So thank you for articulating that. Um, Amanda, we, we do like to wrap by asking our guests about their skincare routine. Do you have a skincare routine? And what is it? Do you know that um, that's been so recent for me? Uh, I for a very long time was like the person that maybe wouldn't even remember to wash my face. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate. Uh-huh. I can relate. Like, yep. like at all, like, but in the last couple of months, like this is how recent I mean, I have been doing the like two days on two days off with using a lot of like Sunday Riley products. And so like mm-hmm. doing the, um, like it's like the chemical exfoliant and then the, um, some sort of serum that does something delicious to my skin. A retinol perhaps? Yes. Yes. A retinol. That is exactly what I've been. Yes. And so like doing that and then doing the retinol and then two days of just washing my face and nothing else. And then going back on. And it made such a big difference that then I was like super annoyed with myself that I haven't been doing a skincare routine. (laughs) Cause I was like, Oh, Oh, I see. I see. I see that this is actually effective. Well, crap. Oh my gosh. So annoying how that happens. It's very uh, annoying that all these people that were right about like how you're supposed to take care of your skin. Yeah. You know, we do what we can though. You come around, you come to it when you come to it. If you do ever, it's fine. Um, Amanda, this has been so, so wonderful to get to talk to you. Um, we're just so grateful to have this time with you. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you um, online and where also, of course, they can get you already have the answers? I would love to. Um, I'm still very much on Twitter for now. We'll see what happens. So that's at Amanda Dibert on Instagram. It's at Amanda Dibert official. Um, I have a website. It's amandadibert.com. And then you already have the answers is available for pre-order any of your favorite bookstores, but also Amazon, um, just basically anywhere that you get books. Well, thank Thank you you. again. This was really fun. Thank you. Dory, I think one thing I really love about our conversation with Amanda is that like, she's someone who I've met IRL, but I've never gotten the chance to like dig deep like we did today. Mm. Like, I feel like that's a real gift of getting to do this podcast. I mean, I've dug deep into you for the past five years, but like we, it's fun to get to kind of intimately dig in with people that you know on this kind of like acquaintance friendly level. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially someone who I, I just appreciate the way that she has like used the internet for good yes. in such a powerful way. Yes. I really yes, believe yes, like yes, she yes, is yes. the true internet superhero of yes, our times. She's really used it for such good things. Totally. All right. Well, listen, Dory, last week you had to get through a busy week here in the intention zone and it's post Thanksgiving, but we're now in this like wild holiday rush. Everything can be very intense right now. I would love to know what your intention is for this week. Oh, and also, well, of course, how did last week go getting through your okay. busy week? Sorry. It's well, so we're on the last day of it and I actually have, I have plans again tonight. Um, I'm playing poker and. I am a little bit like, woo. (laughs) Yeah, you are really socializing. And and I'm realizing that when this comes out, actually, next week, so like the first full week of December, I again have like a packed week of like a dinner, like a, a this, a that. Like, it's just like, oh, I just looked at my calendar. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going out four nights of that wow (laughs) like what is happening and then there's just one more week and then my son is off school like then it's like (laughs) we're in break time you know so then like Mm -hmm. the year is over like it's just like what is happening so um i don't know i'm feeling very much like uh, like stressed out about the year being Mm. over and just i don't know Although, you know what I haven't mentioned? Although people who follow me on Instagram might know this already. I've gotten back into puzzling. I noticed. If you listen to our gift guide, Dory has some great puzzle recommendations too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do. Um, Yeah, I have this puzzle table and it had been in Matt's office kind of like buried under all this crap Mm. and Matt finally cleaned out his office. And I was like, hey, where's that puzzle table? And he's like, oh, it's like folded up back here. And I was like, I'm going to put it in my office. So <laughs> I put it in my office and mm. I've been puzzling. It's very, it's very relaxing. Um, anyway, okay. So this week, this is kind of an interesting one. Um, I've started, I think I mentioned that I play tennis now a couple times a week. I play this live ball, um, which is, just like very fast paced and very fun, but I'm definitely like in the bottom fi- like bottom fifty percent, if not bottom like twenty five percent in terms of like mm. skill. Like it's an mm-hmm. intermediate thing, which I think there's a very wide range of intermediate. You know, right? Like, what does that really mean? What does that really mean? Um, and today I played. After live ball, I played with three of the women just like we just, you know, hit. And I was like, oh, my God, like I'm going to have to serve like I can't really serve. And that was really stressful. And they were all super nice about it. And I did get like a little bit better like as it went on. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like this is so bad. They're going to like they're not going to invite me to play again. Like. I was just like really spiraling about it. And then like mm. at the end, one of the women was like, so next time we should all get coffee after. And I was like, oh, okay. oh. they don't like. <laughs> they're not like judging you. No, no. Yeah. They're very like supportive. And I was talking to one of the other women and she was like, I just started playing again. And she's really good. And she's like, I just started playing again in January. Like I hadn't played in 20 years. And 
now, you know, I just like, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So my intention, my intention this week is to not get stressed out about not being as good at tennis as some of the other people there. Okay. That's a really good intention. It's so funny that you're talking about this because I had a similar conversation with my dad about his pickleball group. This like feeling of like when we're playing these sports that are kind of like recreational, like, but you're playing with people who are really good, like, and you don't do as well as them or as well as you want to, how like we still can channel those feelings of like shame or not being good enough. And that's really intense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. My pickleball coach says there's no saying sorry in pickleball. Oh, that's what Roland says. Okay. Okay. Um, Kate, what about you? Well, you, well, I mean, I guess you can't really say how cruising went because you haven't actually gone yet. No, I can't speak to what being on a cruise is like yet, but I will tell you all about it when I get back. I mean, I will say I have been in the the group for the cruise, and I think a lot of people are posting those upside-down pineapples, letting people know what's what. You know what I'm saying, Dory? <laughs> I'm in the Facebook group. Oh, I sure do know what you're You saying. know what I'm talking about. So I'm very I excited do. to see what this cruise is like. Um, so... This week, I have kind of been going through, as listeners have heard, I have kind of just been figuring out like fitness and what feels good for my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've stopped going to the gym I was going to. I, I'm trying to really kind of slow down. But one thing I really would like to get into is walking, walking, mm. jogging, a combination of both. I don't have big plans to be as, you know, as if you've been following along lately, and I had a moment where I was going to run the Boston Marathon. I don't think I'm like have big plans to become a runner, but I do want to kind of like walk jog. Yes. But I would like to get out and walk every day as much as I can just to get outside. I've been having some real kind of seasonal depression and I think getting out in the sunshine would be helpful. So that's what I'm going to try to do this first week and okay. last week of November, first week of December. That sounds great. Thanks. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrir, and Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager, our network partners, ACAST. I'll talk to you all again real soon. Bye. Bye.